All right, on the podcast, we do not promote something that's not proven, not habit forming. It does not. It cannot produce a habit. All right. So, Via Hem Company is a company that makes award-winning products that you can actually feel. What makes Via Hemp so special is that you can take different parts of the hemp plant to promote different effects. So you don't have to toss and turn. Thinking about business at night, you can sleep. During the day, you can focus. Pain relief, right? Natural pain relief that makes them into a craft products, right? With different wellness benefits throughout the day. So whether you want to try your hemp products by gummy, tropical, uh, tincture, or they have the right products for you, take their Cloud 9 Spectrum gummies. And also, they are legit and legal in all 50 states. These gummies are perfect for providing effects of normal everyday euphoria. My favorite for daytime is Flow State CBG gummy because it helps me improve my focus during meetings, reading contracts, and also for nighttime. So I don't toss and turn like I said. Dreams CBN plus Delta gummies, Delta 8 gummy to help me fall asleep. So improve your daily routine with Via Help Company. Visit V I I A H E as an echo. M, P as in Papa, C as in Charlie, O.com, and use BET15 for 50% off your first order. Or try them out and see how they work. Again, at V as in Victory, I as in India, I as in India, A as in Alpha, H as in Hotel, E as in Echo, M for Mary, P for Papa.com. Let's see how you like it. Let me know. Racing true crime that I really did this. It's almost like the Hawthorne Effect podcast, right? Because they have an MBA, securities licenses, clients' net worth uh, 50 million and above. So I did this for myself to take a break during the day because really I work seven days a week at all hours because I own three businesses. It's not like a regular job, but you have to give yourself breaks. My wife's a social, uh, psychotherapist for 18 years says, you're working too hard. You gotta give yourself breaks. So gave myself a break, wanted to research 
horse racing industry, true crime, since she's a psychotherapist and we watch crime shows, and then provide on the podcast information you do not get from investigation discovery, from oxygen, from Dateline, right? I have a friend of mine who's the assistant chief of police in Tampa. I have another friend of mine who's the sheriff of Seminole County, Florida. So you hear a lot of law enforcement stories and a lot of angles. And to understand their stories, they always give you some sort of education for the last 20, 30 years I've known these people. And you don't see it on the news. I know now in Uvalde, they've had to say a lot of things they usually don't say because of the massacre and extra eyes on them. So this podcast, because in life, you are always learning because life never stops teaching. This could be huge on this podcast today, this particular one, and overall. Now, this podcast, from an educational standpoint, we hit every single connect dot you can on a real, true, honest to God podcast because sports betting podcasts, so, so we're so good at what we do. People come at us for picks. They wanted us to make sense of what's going on in the NFL and college. You don't have to do what we're doing here. Here, we're giving you a narrative. We're giving you investigative reporting. I have a degree in English. I graduated from the Pointer Institute of Media Studies. It has 10 Pulitzer Prize winning people go through there. And again, these people are contacts. These are people that give you information. Right? So pure journalism, better than the journalism going on right now. We're doing old school Edward R. Murrow journalism, giving you the whole story. Scott says, as long as I even remembers um, the guy that said, oh, now you know the rest of the story. We're giving you as thorough of investigation and reporting that we can. However, People listening to the podcast is giving us vital information. I'm going to read that on two. This is going to be the last in the series. But each podcast builds on the next podcast. And what we're telling you today about Linda Rice takes everything, puts it all together, and ties it in in a nice bow for us. Feel free to take notes. Okay? So, not only that, because we know tomorrow isn't promised to us. We could die at any time. So we leave it all on the mic. <laughs> we give you everything we have, every single podcast, because I might get shot tomorrow. But whoever, right? Ex-girlfriend, some guy that had beef with me that I didn't know they had beef with them for 30 years. It'll come over here with a nine millimeter and pop. Or it might be going to the grocery store. And some guy comes in with camo. No, I see somebody with camo, I'm gone. He's not kidding me. I'm gone. I'm hiding behind stuff. I'm gone the aisles. I'm out, right? But, you know, body gear and AK-47. So, not only do we give you that, we give you business and financial uh, concepts in order to make decisions, decision science used by the top 15 uh, companies, top Fortune 15 companies use this for their managers. You know, uh, had a restaurant for $8,000, sold it for $800,000. We use all that knowledge that we learned 
and we give you real world examples that you can use today. Even during a podcast, you can listen to us and place a bet or buy a stock, <laughs> right? Actionable things so you can what? Pay your rent. My wife has not bought gasoline since 2011. It wasn't sports betting dollars. Remember, I own three businesses. She hasn't used one penny from the money I made from my businesses to buy gas. It's a sports bet, which is technically a leisure activity for me. One of the biggest business concepts we have is that if you are the toughest, smartest person, two concepts, right? Number one, if you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. You have to surround yourself with people tougher and smarter than you. Another thing, because I am on the board, gotta make sure I make the next meeting, talk to some people, it doesn't matter. Dennis Kennedy and I had a great conversation. He's a leader with Obama. Uh, I can tell you my Obama story. I really don't want to be in Obama again. And I only met him for like, maybe 45 seconds. And I had just met Justin Trudeau before. And I put my hand on Justin Trudeau. This is a quick story. I put my hand on Justin Trudeau. And the bodyguard from Justin Trudeau said, hey, you can't put your hand up. Take your hand down. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. That's how I meet people. That's how George Steinbrenner, when he went to my restaurant, told me how to greet people. I'm sorry. So the Canadians were really nice, whatever. I attempted to raise my hand to put my hand on Obama and really stick your service. Bam! Oh! <laughs> so, Leo, you're stupid trying to touch Obama. <laughs> right? The dumbest thing you could do. But the National Diversity Conference, I'm on the board here in Orange County. Companies that are diverse, and people get that wrong, right? They think it's race, they think it's gender, they think it's disability. Right? Wrong. It's just a business maxim to be pragmatic. Regional diversity is also diversity. And diverse companies make what? 45% more free cash flow than companies that are not diverse. Proven fact, Pence talked about it. So Obama and Pence, right? They disagree on a lot, but they agree on diversity, right? They say we have the best military in the world because we are diverse. We got people from all over the world here in our military, different races, different social economic backgrounds and region. I think region is, uh, if you have a team of brilliant engineers, they're all white male, brilliant engineers, and they're on the West Coast, I can go in there tomorrow and get an engineer, white, engineer from the East Coast, put him on that team, pull one of the white guys out and put in a black lesbian web designer or artist. And I put her in that group. They will make 45% more free cash flow than the whole team, other team, a brilliant, just as brilliant white engineer for the West Coast. That little bit of diversity, that creative person Forget that she's lesbian, forget that she's black. Focus on the fact from a business standpoint, she is what? Creative. 
with a bunch of stiffs. <laughs> then we bring a stiff from the East Coast, but he's bringing an East Coast perspective. They both learn. Boom, that team will beat the other team. So Scott helps me beat every other team. 76%. Every single podcast is a business team with a specific purpose and an outcome. Give you purpose to learn, to know your surroundings, right? You have to know your surroundings. There's a crazy white kid with an AK-47 and body gear coming in. Got to know your surroundings. Doesn't matter how smart you are or whatever. You have to know your surroundings. Basic skill in life. Scott helps me doing that. He's from the Northeast. Every time I think of Scott, man, I think of uh, when I lived in Boston, these two beautiful girls, and I always loved the, you know, they call them mass holes, but it was all right. The people from Springfield, right outside the city, always loved it. Just uh, beautiful twins. I had a great time, great evening. Beautiful uh, twins from Plymouth Rock. <laughs> Man, they were like probably the hottest girls of all time. The twins from Plymouth Rock in Boston, young man. So, yeah. Thank you, Scott. Anytime, anytime, Josh. I'm a 51-year member of the Mass Holes Club. So, um, <laughs> this, is, this has been phenomenal. I mean, this horse racing series has been phenomenal. And as we go through Linda Rice, you'll hear a name that has – come up or you'll hear a series of names that we've said before um you know boston's hopping right now celtics are in the finals so you know we've capitalized on them so we're going to keep capitalizing on them but right um, you're talking about the and you're talking about that we've made twenty thousand dollars well now now we're around fifteen thousand dollars on the nba so the outcome yep. right? so caught up on the purpose the outcome is twenty thousand dollars nba over a hundred yep thousand dollars between college football and nfl those are outcomes specific Absolutely. outcomes for you is what we're talking about on this podcast that's what the goal and, is what we provided that you can verify and in this realm with the horse racing we've made money on the kentucky derby right we've made money on the preakness right and we got one one more to go before the breeders which is the belmont and that'll be that'll be a week from the saturday so um, I hope everybody's getting something out of this. I hope it's helped them with their betting. And I hope you enjoyed this. And you can go back and listen to this as a series, one right after the other, because it all just connects connects very nicely into one neat package that we're going to put a bow on today. So, Right. Because, again, we're learning about life. We're learning about our surroundings. Mental health. Uh, first aid kit. Since my wife's been a psychotherapist for 20 years. I'm not a psychotherapist. I just learned like everybody else, everybody else. And also a financial uh, first aid kit. Because I did, I have felt guilty, right? Being in this meetings with uh, just for people over $20 million. And I'm there because my client has 20 million. Uh, and something he said is going to trigger, triggers me about Linda Rice and Bob Baff. Uh, but we're in those meetings. And I'm like, what is it, everybody? Let's, let's, let's get this out to everyone. Why, why should other people suffer? Let them have a good time because the United States has $139 trillion. There's money here for everyone. Learning the different systems, techniques, strategies, that anybody 
no matter how dumb you are, be rude. <laughs> no matter how dumb you are, what problems you have, almost every single person in this country can at least make enough money to pay for their house, to have their money outlast them uh, from the retirement. There's, there's really no, uh, no reason why not in this country. So we'll, we'll go academic on this podcast and hit all the, connect all the dots. Each episode built on itself. Last year when it happened, it was pure luck when I did it. And I had Mike Pristinisi, San Diego. Uh, Got to talk to him because uh, he has some insight as well on a lot of things. Mike Pristinisi. And it's an area, but we teach you life lessons, maxims like don't commit two crimes at the same time, don't go back to the scene of a perfect crime. A lot of common sense, but unfortunately, Common sense, right, is not so common. So we strengthen that because you never know. So let me know if this makes sense, Scott. Sure. Then we'll get into life lessons where we can learn all of us in the audience. One feedback from the audience of what we can learn from this. One person in particular is going to be listening to give us feedback. So we start with Mike Gill, which we'll play again, because it ties in perfectly many levels. We even saw a murder on here, right? Podcasters supposed to solve murder, true crime. Well, we pretty much saw the murder here, right? So podcast number one was Mike Gill, setting up everything else. Then we went into the indictment of George Navarro and Jason Service. And I'll read you comments we got from that last year, very pertinent from this year, those comments, the more research I do, seems like it was Bob Baffert or Bob Baffert's agent who wrote those comments, contacting us. So uh, George Navarro podcast, two parts, mm-hmm. by far is the one that's been most listened to and most shared. So people are saying, what? You hear this? This is crazy, right? In those podcasts, we could have done a little bit better. But we're just guys talking like a Joe Rogan, right? Yep. But we connect a lot of the dots. And we point you so you can do your own research. We we try to get close to the truth. We're not like Elon Musk that says, oh, yeah, I, I got truth. For me, Scott has his own opinion. It could be different. But for me, you can only get to the truth or as close to the truth as possible. Because sometimes when you nail down, you got 100% of the truth. Facts change. The truth changes. So... We got them, the indictment, FBI indictment. So the FBI, we could tell it was being paid off. Uh, uh, Kirshner comes in. Sally Prince comes in. Don't commit two crimes at the same time. A lot of things happened when he went back into the Middle East with a spiked horse. So we're animal lovers. Scott and I are animal lovers. Yeah. And I've had cats, dogs for years, everything. And we don't have horses because uh, we don't have a farmer. So, you know, but Anna's ridden horses. We talk about horses, watch stuff on horses. 
We watch Heartland with the mother-in-law. It's all about horses and animals. 600 horses that we know about killed by these people. So how can they come on TV and say they're animal lovers? So after George Service and George Navarro, veterinarians, veterinarians have to take an oath that they love animals. What kind of veterinarian works at the racetrack? We'll get into that today. Uh, then we went from the veterinarians, went now to the trainers, right? We talked Seth Fishman was involved in the in the indictment, we talked about him. Now, in the indictment, they said they manufactured drugs. They mixed the chemicals. They mislabeled them and then had a nationwide distribution. So we said George Navarro and Jason Service being accused of this. And George Navarro actually pleaded guilty to this. Fishman went to a whole trial saying, there's no way I could have done that. What do I know? I'm a veterinarian. George Navarro and Jason Servants have high school education. How can they do all this orchestration with no education? The, the truth is what? They didn't. <laughs> the, the people we think have, because cops, right? The cops I know that I talked to you about at the beginning of the podcast, they all say the first thing they treat, they teach at the academy, the first thing you do is place people at the scene of crime. We can place Bunny and uh, Honey and Barry Sherman from Canada, we can place them at the scene of the crime. So invest we investigated and we did a couple podcasts, two-part series podcasts on how the story changed and how they were murdered. There were only seven murders in the city of Toronto in 2017. So remember, you got to have, give you the basics and we'll have it all in the episode notes. And now I have more time. We'll work more on the episode notes, but still two years working on this. There's a lot in the episode notes, a lot of links. So the first story was let me know if this makes sense, and I'll stop here before we give the rest of the episodes and then yep. get to this one. The first story was that their personal trainer found them tied up in the basement. Now, when you read the Toronto Star article, the links, now the story mm -hmm. is the real estate agent found them tied up in the swimming pool. So there, what are your thoughts, Scott? Well, with the Sherman case, there's, there's still a lot of mystery going on. Um, Toronto police have no idea what they're doing or they're not pursuing it as hard as they, they say they are. Right. Um, you know, everything that we've gone from Gill and stuff like that is, is even to just, if we should stop the Sherman and that was it, and we didn't go on past that. Everything's connected. Everything. Right. Those people are all in the horse racing game around the same time for the same, you know, around the same time for as long of the same time as, as each other. So there's been a lot from uh, Sherman, you know, cases to them leaving their door open, being trusting, um, 
Well, it's Canada. Everybody has their door open in Canada. Yeah. It's only yep. in a city like Toronto, just as big as New York, right? Yep. Has the same vibe in New York when you go there, visit people there. They only have seven murders in a year. That shows you the difference in the culture. Yeah, it's phenomenal. We're I mean, it's a great culture. It's a great culture. Um, so, and then the Shermans, yeah, and then the Shermans gave the drugs to, to drug all the horses. So, right. Um, they, they own a pharmaceutical they own, they own a, uh, horse pharmaceutical company. Yes. We hear this number over and over again in this podcast that people are dealing with $3.2 billion with a B, buried with a chemist. So, oh, so yeah. first question of this, this podcast who knows? more how to manufacture, label, distribute pharmaceutical, horse pharmaceutical that killed the 600 horses. Source of our service or the Sherman family? The Sherman family. By far. By far. All right. So this is a recap. Like they do in the soap opera, they recap you to get to this. In that same neighborhood, oddly enough, lives the Stronic family. As Mike Tirico would say, they're worth what? $3.2 billion in that same neighborhood. Belinda, who was interviewed at the previous states, dated uh, Bill Clinton, I guess, has an open marriage with Hillary. This is all documented. We got links, pictures. They donated, we saw the check, $100 million to what? The Clinton Foundation. Yeah. They run a political party where? In Hungary, that's in the news. Orban, EU, NATO. They run a political party there. With who? George Soros. This is all documented, not conspiracy theory. Remember, the last four out of five Triple Crown races, we've given you the winner. And uh, like in the Bible, right? Jesus healed 10 people of leprosy. Only two came back. The same thing. Podcast the same way. We're going to put a tip thing on the website. Let me try to do it this week. But from the last Triple Crown Race podcast, very thank you, Jimmy. He reported making $29,000. That makes us happy. We're helping the economy. Now his gas is paid and his girl's gas is paid. Groceries based specifically on actionable information we're giving you right now. That's what we do. So all these stories have a purpose and a specific outcome. So that $29,000 is specific outcome that we're talking about. Yeah, no question. Right. No question. Uh, at, you can place them in the same neighborhood. You're right. And do they have a motive? So we talk about that in the podcast. Motives, the elements of murder. Uh, then Bob Baffert, right? We go to Bob Baffert. And Bob Baffert ties into Lynn Rice. Why has a person that's made million upon million, million of dollars, right, uh, gets to a certain age, certain status, has to keep killing horses? They're supposed to love horses. Why do they have to keep killing? Let's take everything else out of it. Why do they have to kill horses? Why do they have to keep killing horses? Why haven't they stopped? Why don't they retire like normal people? It takes $3.5 billion in assets, $3.5 million in cash, 
to retire. So you don't have to work another day in your life. My client said that today to me. He's like, you know what, Josh? Hold down, calm down. I don't need to make any more money. I don't have to make any worth more than 20 million. I don't have to make any more money. Uh, government's struggling. Can I just donate some money to the government? I'm like, no. Research. I'm going to give you some homework to see how it's time. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. Because I'm going to add it to my career. Yeah. Does one of your clients really say that? Yeah. I want to donate to the government. Really? Today. And I'm at the point in my career where I can fire clients, which is, you know, too much. Oh, of my God. Pain. Yeah. So I told okay. them, since you have all this time, why don't you research a charity, donate it money anonymously, and then you get on the board. So you know what they're doing and they're not stealing your money. And it fills in this gap of time and stuff. Start trying to give Joe Biden money for the government. Because you don't have to work another day in your life. And you're mad at me because I grew up poor and middle class. And even though the stock market is going down, you made money. <laughs> it's a different mindset. I grew up differently, right? So that's why I like doing the Sparks and Research because I learned about stuff that my mind can't process like that. Yeah. My mind can't really process it. So I can't process Bob Baffert. We did two podcasts with Bob Baffert and Linda Rice making all this money and still, right? Committing crimes, killing the horses they love. And my fan of psychotherapist, she helps me understand that. You know, she'll say, oh, maybe people are murdered. And they like doing that. So we'll they, stop it there. Is that a pretty good uh, recap, right? Because this is the final podcast. We're doing a recap like a soap opera or limited series, Virgin River. It is, and I'll, I'll add one caveat to that, is if you know anything about horse racing, you know that these horses do not race these triple crowns more than one season. You right. never see them again. So all these trainers slash jockeys slash owners are only thinking about the Kentucky Derby. They don't care about the Preakness right now. They don't care about the Belmont right now. So any advantage they can get in these races, they will do. And the, the, the highest advantage is injecting them with these, with these drugs. Right. And they run better and they'll run faster and they'll win multi-million dollars because rich strike who won the Kentucky derby this year has made multi-million dollars for winning that one race right. and he will be retired making more money than that owner has ever ever seen in his right. lifetime so it was a great get in mind when you when you think about this yeah we'll put a link to it on the episode notes as well but it was a great scene right after the race because NBC was there because they always have mics and cameras on every uh, host or an owner. Well, the owner was there with a trainer and some other guy, and they were getting lit up. They were drinking like no more. Like Edelman and, and, and Brady and all of them, when they had a horse in the Kentucky Derby, the way they were lit up and drunk. Yep. Yep. And remember, 
the, the, the trainer's like, what we want now? Stop, stop with your pranks and, and jokes, man. No, we won for real. We won. Why? No, we didn't win. <laughs> he had no idea they won. And it's interesting. We'll get to Linda Rice. She doesn't enter her horses in Triple Crown races. Right. And I, always, and I don't know anything about horse racing. I'm learning. And this, we'll go through everything I've learned. And maybe Scott can pick up the, the gaps and whatever gaps there is. I'll learn yeah. for next year. Sure but I only bet the Triple Crown races in the Reader's Cups because there's more eyes on it and there's less shenanigans going on because the other races I've seen throughout the years, there's a lot of shenanigans going on. Yeah. Now, after researching Linda Rice for two years, I'll ask Scott, we'll give you, we'll do one of those where you give the ending first and then you go back. Uh, did Linda Rice avoid Triple Crown races and Reader's Cups so she can get away with her shenanigans? Without anybody yes. bothering her, because there's more yes. eyes than her Yes, absolutely. Um, she is a basically a New York exclusive trainer. Right. So the thinking is is the New York Racing Association, whoever is on that board, I have no idea who's on that board, but whoever is on that board, Linda Rice has them in her back pocket that she basically can do anything and be able to run horses in those races. Right. Because if you look at her career, her whole career, I don't think she's entered one horse in a triple crown race. Not one. She's basically been at Saratoga and Aqueduct, which is up in New York. So when you look at her career, you'll see all these wins and you'll say, wow, that's great. It's New York only. And in 2010 or 2011, I was reading, she beat out Todd Pletcher for uh, trainer of the year in New York. There was hundreds of horses all over the country. Yeah. He beat them. Who, who's been in many Triple Crown races, many big races, many Breeders' Cups. Belinda Rice is not. Right. And she stayed in New York. And she's made a lot of money and won a lot of races, which is strange to begin with which which sets off red flags for me is that if you won that many races as i told josh before she's basically been in the money nearly 50 percent of the race that she's uh sent a horse in so that's a red flag right, to so, me. right so uh we have especially during the football season but all year round we have a high school class and we have a college class who listens to the podcast so for those students, I'll put my professor hat on. Take out your notebooks and write this down because we're going to give you concepts that I've learned through life. Scott and I have been around together 100 years. Mm-hmm. Life lessons. Now in football, I know so I have a client who went to MIT and works has a uh, World Series ring, St. Louis Cardinals. Analytics works in baseball. It's not working for football. No. Key statistics work. Now, this key statistic statistic has made us money in the first two triple crown races. That the favorite only wins 20% of the time. No. Now, Scott and I, now 90% of business consultants have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. So that's why I call myself a business concierge. Mm-hmm. 
But you don't have to be a brilliant forensic investigator to know if the favorite, the one that has all the advantages, wins 20% of the time. Linda Rice winning 53% of the time. There's something yeah. going on. Yeah. Is yeah. it American exceptionalism? They're getting mad about Trey Cruz. <laughs> so we started it with Mike Gill, and Mike Gill is going to give you a lot of concepts. Remember the 80 20 rule, 20% of when she's at 53. So she's breaking a law, rule of business, which is the 80 rule, 20 rule. 20% of something makes 80% of something else. Elon Musk. So when Twitter says only 5% of the, of the people on Twitter are robot, he knows that it's wrong. He knows that it's at least 20%. And you can read the tweet when he said it. Because Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, knows the 80-20 rule better than I'll ever know. <laughs> so he knows it's 20% robots because of the 80-20 rule. So he knows that when they say 5%, they're lying to him. Right? So, so she's either doing one of two things. She's either drugging her horses or she's got people on the New York Racing Commission saying, this is a winnable race for you. You, we, you will win it. Enter your horse in it. You'll win. Well, we're going to no get to the evidence, right? And yep. we'll have the rules of evidence in the episode notes, video that's contemporaneous and corroborate. So if something mm -hmm. happens on the podcast, you have it on video. You have the timestamp for the time because you needed what? Prosecutorial timeline. Right. You're going to connect all the dots today. That's what makes this podcast phenomenal today. We're connecting every single dot in detail. Prosecutorial timeline. We'll have ours. We're not prosecutors. We're just regular people. Mm -hmm. But something like the 80 20 rule, we understand. Hey, 53%, when most of the time it's 20 and we know the rule. And our 53%, right? The fish are rotten. Denmark, maybe. We don't know. Maybe you're great. We're, gonna, we're not going to jump to complete conclusion and rush to judgment. We're going to, you know, we're going to give you a chance. But we're betting on this with hard earned money. And we need our money back or if you start having trouble with relationships. Yeah. When you're not making money watching sports when you're a sports fan, Scott and I are. So, rules of evidence, right? Contemporaneous and corroborated. Corroboration means there's not just crazy Josh running his mouth. Scott saw it. And I'm like, talk to Scott. What is, interview Scott. What does he say? No, he yeah. saw the same thing. That's corroboration. Evidence, yeah, that's evidence. Same thing with documentation. The worst piece of evidence is eyewitness, right? Eyewitnesses, people forget, people have fantasies, people, who knows? He's been wearing VR glasses all day. You see something, then you're going to ask him what happened. You might not know what happened or make it up. That's the worst type of testimony. That has to be corroborated like 10 times, right, for you to believe it. But documentation, video, and then math, rules of math. Half of betting on, on the 150,000 we made, 75,000 is pure math using business and financial concepts for what specific outcome to make that money. So Mike, you started the podcast with Mike Gill and there's a lot here. It kind of bleeds into what we're going into next after the Belmont Stakes, we'll do an NFL Corruption pot will deal with what? Mafia ties, 
refs who six games. Evidence, though, but we just talked about. It. So, Mike Gill says a lot of things. Preview, right? Genovese family. Hey, you're watching too many movies. No, this is, where do you get the documentation from? Newspaper article? Do you corroborate with other newspapers? Public records. Every single county has a free option. You can type in a name and it will give you court documents and testimony. You bring it all together, that gives you legitimate. So I say Genovese, that comes out of Central Court of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and then people, places, and things. The manufacturing ring with the fake drugs that the FBI popped, George Navarro and Jason Service ran out of where? Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Florida. You'll see how many times this has happened. When you hear of California, I've been to a California. And I got introduced to John Jr. from that Gambino family, from the Bad Boys Farm. So when I hear the Bad Boys Farm or horses coming out of Alaska, uh, Alcala, to the Kentucky Dirt, Tammy Bobo, I don't know anything. I can't prove nothing, but I'm going to investigate whether I should put my money on that horse or it's the horse that is that race week for that horse to win. Finish fourth, man. Quintuple, we had our horse in there taking a lot of money, Kenny Bolo. Fifth, right? In the Kentucky Derby. So Mike Gill is going to start us off. Mike Gill is currently disappeared. We don't know if he got popped killed, murdered, or in hiding because he owns, he owes connected people, made people money. <laughs> but let's hear what he said. The, the guy has been rich at some point and he was an Eclipse winner, right? These Eclipse Awards where I guess horse racing and the people give themselves like a yearbook in high school, they give themselves awards. He won the same award in the rice run. So let's listen to him as he starts us off, connects a lot of the Thoughts we get into details of the rush. Then we'll get your uh, your opinion on it, Scott. Did, did you serve any time or did you pay a fine? What was the deal? What was the disposition of that case? His horse got caught because he spiked it. It was one that finished the racing for a couple of years. That was it. They knew what it was. It was a clenbuterol overage. Important point here. Clem butyrol is a drug that I remember Canelo got popped for. And what it does is you overexert yourself while exercising. You go to limits that you don't have naturally with clenbutyrol. But it, this is the key to think to the Linda Rice part of it, investigating it. It's like cocaine, right? Cocaine gets out of your system in a day, day and a half. So you work really hard, but it's out of your system. So they test you. You go to your probation officer, you test clean. But you got a really good workout at the gym. For this case, it's horses. Butyrol, not over. It had some butyrol. They spiked the horse and they know they did. Who's they? Right? Because I wouldn't go and cover up what I've uncovered with the union. See, corruption in horse racing has been rampant. The union. So, we, and again, we have a podcast on boards. Or I don't think we have the podcast yet on boards. No, I don't think we did one. Oh, yeah, that's something you might have to catch up with. 
But we did talk about a concept, take your notebooks out, selective prosecution. What selective prosecution says is that there's so many crimes committed that the sheriff or local law enforcement gets to pick and choose which crimes they want to prosecute. Clear example is the mask mandate, right? Uh, in Florida, if you wore a mask, they punch you in the face, the cops. If you didn't wear a mask, in Massachusetts or in California where I am, the cops would punch you in the face. <laughs> That's the like the prosecution. It's American people. And again, there's a lot of things that are going on in the United States that people aren't paying attention to. So we've made a list or things that go on NBC that you need to know what to learn your surroundings. So you make money and you keep yourself safe. We'll continue, Mike Gill. Treat our up too, Scott. The thing that blew up corruption, it was, you could fight this. It's when corporate America, the casinos of the world, united with the corrupt. It showed them wire services and offshore gaming. The same thing. Okay, let's go to wire services and offshore gaming. Again, business and financial concepts. Vertical integration. Apple is the richest company in the world because of, they are vertically integrated. That means that they control the manufacturing. They control the chips that are in the computer. They fired Intel. Intel makes great chips. They fired them to make their own. Why? For vertical integration. And they also have what? The Apple Store. So yeah, maybe you can get one at Target, but you're not going to get the phone you get at the Apple Store. Maybe you can get one at Walmart, but not the same one at Apple Store. Right? They control all processes. Now, the Strike family, the same neighborhood, right? The um, Honey and Barry Sherman. Man, Honey and Barry Sherman, known, they knew each other to listen to the podcast. And they had a pharmacy in Ocala where the Bad Boys Farm and the Gambino family is. The same city, the, the Shermans had a horse pharmacy in the Strike farm. So the Strikes own. Six farms, six, seven racetracks now. Now they own the Britney States. Horse farm, racetracks, and X bet. So what Mike Gill's talking about, wire services. So I was thinking about it. in the Britney's, the Stratic family made all the money. It was a hundred, and I have it in the episode notes, a hundred and forty million dollar handle of the premiums. Whatever they paid out, right, for winning bets, they made up with X bet. The juice are making bets. You couldn't make a bet without Stronach just putting money in their pocket. Pop quiz before I put my deal on again, Scott. Pop quiz. Who was the exclusive betting processor of the Preakness states owned by the Strike family. Had to be Express Bet because it wasn't TVG. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the Strike family. So yeah. they made all the money. They made the whole $140 million handle. And one day they made all the money. But know, good for Belinda. Female-owned company. Very important here. Because female owners have gotten in trouble with female horses. And 
Okay, that's what we like the Philly in the previous. All right, Mike Gill puts a, a bow on in this. And after Mike Gill, we'll get Scott's reaction, and then we'll put on Linda Rice in an interview. That if the interviewer listened to the podcast, did research like we did, would not have conducted that interview in the same way. See, even compromises herself. I blocked up the reporter on that, but look at Mike Gill.
The compromise is they don't want to get into the politicians. They don't want to get into Penn National. Penn National is 93% of it is owned by the casinos. Wayne Casino, who bought land in Boston to build a casino. You know bought land in Boston to build a casino. If I caught wires from Penn National to these the Costa Nostra of New England, not my versus the Boston Globe. They were purchasing it from Wynn. Wynn, who owns 30% of Penn National. See, not connected here. Do you want them controlling your judges in courts? That's what's at stake here. It's, it's horse racing in the life and death of it. But it goes into your courts. It goes into to these law firms and the insurers. We've just been turned out, inside out, by the business world. Why do you think you've seen all this corruption? And no one goes to jail. And who's grown out of us? All this corruption and no one goes to jail. The casino world. Well, That's why I do what I do. Well, let me back this up just a little bit. All right, so... For our purposes, we'll back it up. So you know Penn National is publicly traded company. Uh, they've lost quite a bit this year, right? Because you don't bet, right? You don't put your hard-earned money your retirement in Penn National. So Steve Wynn will put links, and I sent uh, the evidence to Scott, right? Yeah. Steve Wynn is the conciliary for the Genovese family. He's worth $23 billion financier for the Republican Party with Trump there, which is basically the consular. So he was a consulary simultaneously of the Genovese family and the Republican Party. <laughs> That's why, again, another maxim, take your notebooks out, the college class and the high school class. The truth is much more bizarre, strange, fantastical, fanical than fiction. Nobody can make this stuff up. It's crazy. That's why you're betting on games. You know, I, I put it on mute. Don't listen to the mainstream media. Yeah, don't. Right? Yeah. You'll lose all your money because they're not deals. Remember, you get as close to the truth as possible so you can predict outcomes. So the mainstream sports media is lying to you. So Roger Cadell can have power and control over you and control over your money. So that's why you don't listen to anything they have to say. Before we go to Linda Rice, what do you think, Scott, right here? Stop it there. So on the surface, you would think Mike Gill is bitter and crazy. Not. He's not. You know, he, he's dialed into exactly what's going on at that time of the interview. I don't know if he's anymore, but at the time he talked. But it's pretty close in years as we go down the line. What's transpired in those seven years, which yes. basically the podcast talked a lot of detail what's transpired that time. Yeah. But so, so money on the Belmont. Yeah. So, so on the serve, on the serve, if you just listen to that first time, you'd say, Boy, that guy is crazy. He's got a lot of crazy ideas. He's got a crazy thoughts. Really, he's really not. If you really listen to that, there is a lot of truth. There is a lot of factual information in that uh, bit, that interview hit. Right. Steve Wynn, who built you know, the casinos in his name, Wynn Encore in Boston, which is you know 
20 minutes away from me. Don't forget, he did not finish the project. He was kicked off the project because of accusations that were swirling around him. He has but now he gone in. He was physically thrown off. He can't show up there. I think yep. he shows up to Massachusetts. I guess your brother, right, and your family from the state police are under orders to arrest him on the spot. <laughs> yes, yes. So this, but this financially, is, he still is. So, so his main casinos are now in Boston, Las Vegas. He has two of the bigger casinos in those two towns. Right. He probably has not seen them other than seeing pictures of them. So he's probably not welcome in that Las Vegas one either. He's probably not welcome in any of them. So he's also in the federal. See, it's like he just said, the rich people don't go to jail. Scott and I would be indicted. Jason Thurston. He's under federal. Can you please sign up as an agent from China because he has a hotel in China that he illegally has, but you can't pop. Being nice here for the Republican Party. I think Trump already gave him a pardon. He got the real pardon for um, previous and future crimes. So he can't even be indicted. The state can do it, but federally, you can't federally indict when on the pardon, the trunking, right? And I'm part of the corruption too. Uh, at one point in time, I took money in and out of Trump Tower <laughs> for sports bets. So, you know, one hand creases the other. Hey, so, I go to the four, casino. Four, $5 billion. I, I go to the casino, I take money out of there, okay, in, in Boston. Almost every time I take money out of there. I go to New Hampshire, place my bets. I take money out of that. A lot of people that know what they're doing will take money out of the casino, and then you'll be barred for life. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like I said, Steve Wynn has his name on a lot of things, which he has never ever seen before. He's in hiding someplace. They're trying to get, I don't know if they're trying to get him out of hiding or they're trying to get him to do whatever. Right. They kidnapped his, his daughter years ago. We'll yeah. put the link to the story where they kidnapped his daughter. Right. Because they wanted, they wanted to force him because he can't pop him. Yeah. He's got too many. He has his own army. Basically. He can go to China and beat the Chinese army. They can't even do anything with the people right. Steve Wynn has. Right. They can't pop him. They kidnap his daughter so he would resign as a conciliary of the Genovese family. So one of the big names so in all... One of the big names in all the podcasts that we've done is Steve Wynn. Oh, yeah. He's one of the bigger names that is in the background, okay, that we've brought to the forefront a little bit. Him, he is definitely one of the people that make all this go because he's right. behind the scenes at Penn National doing whatever and if you don't think he's behind the scenes doing whatever you're naive about it because he is he is behind yeah, the scenes you have to know the Strani family and they have to work together yeah yeah yep because in a way the Strani uh, Strani family kind of went around him sort of yeah with the horses and knowing the right mix doing this whole operation but to be honest his people had to help help with the manufacturing the mislabeling and remember 
distribution, right? What did Hoffa say? We own the trucks. You guys, this country doesn't run without the trucks and we own the truck. The Teamster, and remember two Teamsters are on the current horse racing board in California. Teamsters, the union, Genovese, Steve Wynn. Okay, so let's listen to this interview. Now that you have all this education, now listen to this interview, which when you think about it, uh, it's a crazy interview. And let me make sure I have it on the right thing. This is in, in a way that this interview is nuts. Uh, the reporter today would not interview her the same way today. Uh, she would be just as nice. It would be just as uh, cordial, but she wouldn't mention the names she mentioned. So notice the names she mentions here. At this point, I'll call her, at this point in time, I'll call her a dumb reporter. We'll play Linda Rice. We'll listen to the name, Scott, and I want to know what you think. If they let me play it, they don't let me play that one. Probably scraping it as we talk. No, I don't want that one, the rest one, the other one. Your shipping manager left to find himself. Actually, yeah. You lost. You need to hire. I need indeed. Hey everybody, Maggie Wolfendale here at Belmont Park, and I'm accompanied by trainer Linda Rice. Linda, you got your start in horse racing, obviously a big horse racing family, and your dad was a trainer at Penn National. Now it's a big job, I can speak from experience, coming from Penn National here to New York. How did you make So we'd like to give a biography. We'll do it after Scott, but her dad was a trainer at where? <laughs> Penn National. And who owns no. Penn National? See, when for the Genovese family. Would she even be seeing Penn National if she knew what she was saying? I don't know. Here we go. Take that leap. Well, I, uh, at first I went to New Jersey for three years out of college. New Jersey, remember, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Florida. And then one winter I came to New York and uh, I decided to stay. And uh, racing secretary. Really? Or did they decide for you? I said, I was going to stay here year round, surely. And I've been here ever since. Well, that's great. Now, another thing you also do is go to the sales a lot. Uh, how important is that for your business? And uh, what do you look So for? again, right, our high school and college students, vertical integration. She goes to Kingland Auction, which she talked about, $250 million, people buying horses. She's there telling the owners, Zaid that we talked about, we had a podcast with the owners, I missed that on which horses to buy and why, and then she trains them. She's controlling the whole process. The only thing she isn't doing is riding the horse, but I bet you she tells her jockey. But we'll tell you more what Linda Rice did, right? Here we go. Or in horses specifically when you go there. Well, I um, have a family background in buying and breaking and training young horses. And that's really been my strength. And uh, there's nothing I like better than going to horse auctions and buying yearlings and two-year-olds in training, weanlings. It's 
So I go into Saks Fifth Avenue for me. And uh, so I always add those horses to my stable, try to buy you know, young talent for my clients that I can be excited about, you know, down the road in the future. And uh, so who are her clients, man? Uh, who'd she have on the hook, right? She sounds like a wealth manager. She has a lot of clients. I think that um, it just, you continue to develop nice, talented young horses. And then I'm happy to say that some of the six horses I'm racing today were horses that I purchased as two-year-olds or yearlings and waylings and stuff. So it's great. Now you have had a lot of success with a multitude of horses, some of which are stallions now. Who's been your favorite? City Zip. He's my favorite. He was uh, one of the best <laughs> horses I've ever trained. And right. he was a Santos had ever ridden, as he says. And uh, he was a terrific uh, horse training had a great mind. He was very talented. Um, won all the stakes races at Saratoga for me. Uh, won uh, here at Belmont Park. And uh, he's turned into good stallion as well. Now, Linda, you have obviously had a lot of success here in New York and <laughs> capturing the 2009 Saratoga training titles, just one uh, of your accomplishments. What is the single thing that you think keeps that high level success going in your barn? Spiking horses. Uh, I, um, you know, <laughs> the I truth. set yearly goals for myself and change things that I'm doing every year and evaluate my own record and what I'm doing. And every year I try to take a look at what I've done and what I need to change. Exactly. Whether that is uh, to improve my, my staff, improve the quality of the horses I'm training. Um, so I'm constantly doing that reevaluated, frankly, on a weekly basis, much less a yearly basis. And I think that's a big key to, to keeping moving forward. Well, Linda, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> so we get your reaction. Scott, and then we'll get to our biography of uh, Linda Rice as we close this down. Because the theme is, uh, she has all this money. Why did she have to do all these things? What do you think, Scott? I won't, I, so won't let the cat, I won't let the cat out of the bag on City Zip because we're about to get into that. But um, uh, that if that's not a, a telltale. Yeah, if that's not a telltale. Her, all, her whole life for Penn National which is owned by the identity. So she's worked the whole time for this, you know, oh, you, you watch too many movies. Yeah. Yoda died, watch Godfather, read the papers. Da, da, da. Oh, no, this is in front of me. And whether you believe our conspiracy theories or not, we put good money on it and we get a lot of money back doing so. If that's not an indictment interview on, on Penn National and, and, you know, the other people that we've covered earlier in the podcast, then I don't, I don't know what is. I mean, you're, you know, you're talking a, about ASBC podcast indictment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, she, she basically laid out everything in that one interview without coming out and saying, I drug my horses. I cheated. I, you know, I know. I, yeah. Yeah. I got help in, in determining which races I could run in and win by, by certain for my clients. Yep. It's a total. People confess. They feel guilty. They confess, or they feel powerful. They're never getting caught. They'll confess. They'll tell you. Or clients. And and in the, in the, Steve Wynn, the Genovese, the owner. In the broadcasting industry, they call that a puff interview, puff piece interview, and that's exactly what that was. Plus, she gave up the pen national. I would never. Yes, yeah, she did. She did. She I she thought. gave up. She gave up the pen national. She talked about her dad a little bit, who who started in the horse racing business. Got me into this. She's confessing too. It's like if it was up yeah. to me, I never would have done this. But my dad got me into this. What do I know? 
almost hey, right? Like the Godfather two or three. I got in and I couldn't get out. My dad got me into this and I was in too deep. There's no way she can't get out without being popped. In my humble opinion. What do you think, Scott? Oh, I agree. Totally agree. I mean, she's she's basically trying to indict everybody else around her and get them, you know, she's basically throwing them under the bus and, and driving the bus over them. Basically is what she's trying to do with okay. Penn National, with with everything else that she said. So um, that's an indictment interview, I, I would determine. So for we'll her, her uh, biography real quick. Yeah. The last part. Linda yeah. Rice, 1964, born in Wisconsin. Saw what her dad did, right? She gave us part of the biography. Uh, Clyde Rice, who died in 2017. So a lot of people died in 2017, which now puts his death into question. He dies the same year as the, the Shermans died. 2017, brother Kurt, Brian, and Wayne, they're all involved in the horse racing industry. Mm -hmm. Since 2002, Rice is a board member. How can she do that? How can this happen? She's been a board member of the New York Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association. It's interesting. The elected yeah. prosecution, the difference between a sheriff, between state police, city police, and a board. They can fine you, but they can't put you in jail. And the people who can't put you in jail, they have selective prosecution. It's interesting. And where is all her horse racing success from? New York. New York. New York. There you go. Wow. In 2000, she trained City Zip. This connects a big dot. As you listen to everything throughout the podcast, you, you listen to all the podcasts in a series and how everything connects to each other. Well, I'll talk to Scott. We can throw in the board. Uh, you learn a lot about life and business and everything else. From Adina Springs Breeding Farm from Frank Stronich. Or Stronich. And, and who did she say her favorite horse was? City Zip. Another confessional. Because we were like, okay, what's the direct link between upstate New York and Belmont and the Stronich family? Remember the Stronich family for what? pharmaceutical company for humans it's where they made their most money suddenly the dad comes up with a concoction just for horses and they have a horse pharmacy in only two places you think it would be like cvs or they um they distribute for cvs everybody else for humans you think they would do it for animals no they only have two pharmacies one where at the horse farm of, of the Strunch. And probably here in Tina Springs. They haven't checked. But not too far the pipeline between Frank, Stronich, and Barry Sherman getting it there. Right? So let's look at uh, her numbers. Uh, how much money has she made? Now, you say, why? And I'll ask this to Scott. If, she, if she's reached a certain level, right? 
certain age, born in 64, she's made all this money. Why does she keep doing it? Is she doing it now that she's gotten all this trouble because she wants to or because she has to? doesn't have to she doesn't have to she she wants yeah. to. she wants to what she gets out of it is is bankroll because once you read off the 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 stats on her right people will understand why she was still in it up until 2020 when they get when the suspension came down right so. because in and it's great a lot of it but it's a paranoid I keep everything and it saves me, right? Uh, in 2015, right, where we heard Gil talk about, he talked about Clint Bureau, right? And then he walked it back, this and that. That's when she was fined $50,000 because her horse tested for being spiked for what? Clint Bureau. Then people had worked with her or she stiffed them or this or that. They all said that she's been spiking horses for 30 years. Right? They didn't care. She's been spiking horses uh, for 30 years with Clembutyrol. That's the accusation. But we know for a fact, for evidence, that she paid a fine for it in 2015. Remember, somebody as connected as her so we've been around it for a while. Uh, she doesn't pay a fine unless they got her dead rights. So we know that because of the way she's reacted to subsequent things that have happened. And don't forget what you read before. She's on the board of the New York she's Racing. She's on the board. Basically, yeah. the people that she screwed on the board uh, got her. So she's made... Yeah. Uh, over 1.4 billion with a B in lifetime earnings. That's that's it. Horse sales because remember she goes to the auction from the beginning. She goes to Keeneland, the one big auction for 250 million to buy the horses. She's made over a billion dollars selling the horses. I can tell you right now she's still not working, and she's keeping all that money. You got four brothers, you got the Genovese. <laughs> Somebody's kicking up to Steve Wynn, my friends. The national worth $5 billion. She's made $89 million in horse racing winnings. Right? She wouldn't be down there unless she had to kick up, right? Uh, you make 20, 18 goes to the operation, the bosses, and you keep two apples, right? That's the way it works. Right, and keep in mind too, all this money has come out of New York. Right. Find find me a horse that she sent to the Kentucky Derby or the or the Preakness. No, can't find one. Can't no. find one. Can't no. find. One. So there's a reason why she's strictly in New York and not traveling like these other trainers. And where's the Cuomo family in this? Cuomo, the dad was in there for twelve years. The son in there for 10, 22 years of Cuomo. And we're talking about $1.4 billion in earnings and $89 billion in horse racing wins. 
or two billion dollars, Linda Rice. Huh? <laughs> Incredible. Where did all that money go, and why is she still around doing this? While most of us would have been retired. That's a, that's a astounding to me. Yeah, she's. Uh, once you get your horse racing, once you get into the game, you you can you can never get out of it. I mean, look at D. Wayne Lucas; he's still in it. Look right. at Baffert; he's been in it for years. Look at he hasn't had the successes people have. Exactly, exactly. Baffert and D. Wayne Lucas have won the bigger races. She's won the New York circuit. And the other thing that's strange, too. Destroys G, uh, G. Wayne Lucas anytime he goes to New York. Yeah. And the other thing that's strange, too, is the Belmont is coming up. That is in New York. She's never entered a horse in the Belmont. Never. In last year. She did last. Up, up until last year. Up until she never entered the race. She, she skipped it. She's gone on the undercard. She has not gotten to the main event race no. until last year. So that's a, that tells you another thing, too. So Linda won his 2,000 race. Remember, she has a 53% win percentage. The favorite's only 20%. So we knew something was rotten in Denmark. That, then what? We place, again, the fundamentals. We place people at the prime. The interviewer said Penn National two or three times, and we know the Penn National is owned by the Genovese family. The consigliere of the Genovese family is who? Steve Wynn. Right. Yeah. So, David game Steve Wynn. I always go to the Wynn Encore in Vegas, click my bets. So, 2015 Clem Brutal. Yeah. Uh, you see pictures of Linda, she's well kept. You tell she got kind of a mean streak, right? But uh, very nice looking, right? She's like Belinda's trying uh, uh, for our purposes, right? We're two guys in our 50s. So reading from her latest troubles in 2022, 519, 2023. So 2017, her dad dies. That's the same year Belinda Stronic sued her dad to get all of it. Same year, Barry and Honey Sherman are the only two murders in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And they find out that Linda has been, and she said this under oath in 2019, that she pays the people in the office to tell her which horses are going to be in which race. So this is how she wins 53% of the time. Not only is she spiking horses with some bureau, she also knows which horses are going to be in there, and who knows how they do the... Uh, they do it up front for the uh, Triple Crown races, but uh, the pole position and things else, right? Mm -hmm. I'll stop it there. What do you think about that before we finish up with Linda Rice and what she's done? So her being on the, the race, like we keep, I keep going back to this. Her being on the Racing Association gives her a major right. advantage in races. Right. In those tracks. Right. She knows the entrance. She knows the jockeys. She knows the trainers. She knows what horses are weak. She knows what horses are strong. 
Right. So she basically will pick the races where the horses aren't as strong. Right. I.e. a Derby, a Preakness, a Belmont up until last year. So that gives her a major advantage. So that, that's part of the reason why she's won so much money. Second reason why she's won so much money is because there's... Well, how can you put one on, on a racing board who's participating? Yeah, that's that's hard to believe. That is really hard to believe. That, that to me, means that she had some stuff on some people on the board or whatever. Or the Genovese. They said, they said, we'll give you a spot on the board. Genovese gave an answer, the offer they couldn't refuse. You either put her on the board, we'll give you guys $12,000 or not and suffer the consequences. Exactly. I'll go back to this article in 2015, La Verdad, horse uh, the one grade two honorable Miss Saratoga. And then it's a possible Clembunerol and Bronchonolidator. Now, Bronchonolidator was what Medina Spirit had. Medina Spirit died of a heart attack. Bob We did two podcasts about that. Yep. Yep. What's interesting about this article, DFS. August 3rd, that it says here that Linda has been injecting horses with drugs, but only vitamins. She wasn't the one that injected it with some butyrol. <laughs> what do you think about that, Scott? Okay, maybe she wasn't doing it, but somebody she paid to do it was doing it. But why? Well, somebody back to the veterinarians. Right. Uh, these are not normal veterinarians with a storefront. Taking care of your dogs and cats and pets. Yes. People have special. I don't even know what's going on. I'm going to interview one of them, put them on there. But remember, get part of this. Remember, 600 plus horses we know about, much less the horses that George Navarro talks about that he buried. Nobody knows about. Nobody counts. How many horses died in Belmont? We we won't know. Genesis are going to like that. How many horses died? How many did they bury there, like George Navarro was talking about? And why is she injecting horse? I don't care if it's vitamins. I don't care if it's whatever. Why yeah. is she injecting horses in a person who's won over $1.5 billion in horse sales, $89 million in races, Yeah, doesn't have a staff veterinarian injecting the horses with vitamins. Let's get off of the sembrunable. Let's get back to the vitamins. Right. Why I have no idea. doing it as a trainer and not, uh, but when you go to the doctor, right? Phlebotomist comes there, nursing assistant comes, the, the doctor's wife who doesn't have a degree or the receptionist yeah. isn't the one drawing blood from you, right? And, and I guess. And I guarantee you, she has no degree in injecting horses, or has no or history of doing it. Degree or anything. Bob Baffert, yeah, so. the University of Arizona. Chad Brown, it's an Ivy League graduate. Yep. Yep. Her, her so dad was in the horses. Her dad was connected. I hate to say, but it seems like Clyde was connected with the Genovese's and got the whole family. All the kids are in it. Yeah. No, so I. She seems like this. This woman. 
seems like a trainer to me that wants to control everything. Vertical about her horses. Down. Yeah, she, more so than anybody. So any other a really good businesswoman. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, she she wants to know what's going on. She doesn't trust anybody else to quote unquote inject her horses. Right. So she's going to do it on her own. She was told by a vet where exactly to inject the horse. Right. And then she did it on her own. She, right. she probably not, just wasn't. Me personally, I don't know where to, where to inject the horse. Right. Right. So I, I think that she went to whoever injected horses and said, by the way, how do I inject horses? How do I put some vitamins into them without telling them she was dragging them? <laughs> I want to know how to do this. Can you show right. me? And she got shown. And then she figured, okay, I know where to inject the horses. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to inject the horses right where I was told. And she drugged them up. Okay, so you, you answered this question. In 2017, after the Columbia event, she wins 53% of her races and becomes the uh, Laurel Cup winner, her trainer, beating out poor Todd Pletcher. <laughs> Imagine right? that. Imagine that. And you answered it because she was on the board. Yep. So now, right, 2022, trainer Linda Rice, who was given a three-year suspension last summer, may continue to train while her legal case works through the New York court system, according to the, the civil court system, not criminal. She's not spending any time. According to New York Supreme Court Judge Mark Powers, who wrote last week that the temporary injunction granted from Ms. Rice last summer will remain in place until her appeals are heard. We'll stop it here before we finish with this example. Thanks, Scott. I'll ask you a question. These are judges, McGill's talking about, <laughs> who, who letting a lady uh, who admitted, remember, what, what she's getting an injunction to, and in the PC already admitted. She was getting faxes. She was paying off people in the office with all the money she has to tell her where the horses were going to be positioned, right? Who was running? Yep. Which is illegal. Not illegal. It's against the rules. Right. Right. Rice is feeling the suspension, arguing that the commission did not present enough evidence against her. She confessed. How much evidence do you want other than her confession? That she did it. Right? Am I going crazy? Figure this out. I'm glad that I have Scott on here because if I was doing this podcast by myself, I'm like, did I read that right? Am I going nuts? Right? No, she she admitted it in that interview. She basically outed herself. As she said it was in court. I'll show you. In yeah. 2019, she was in court and she admitted under oath that she was sending out the facts and greasing the girls in the office. To give her the information on who, what, where, and why. Let's see she, she had the, well, first of all, the indictment interview, I keep saying. Second of all, she, right. her, her career in horse racing has been, I know somebody important. I'm going to get some information. I'm going to put my horses in and I'm going to succeed. Right. You've never seen her take on a big time horse. I wonder why. 
Right. Why have, she doesn't need it. She yeah, she doesn't need it. She's got the money. She doesn't need it. Right. I agree. But once in your career, you, you haven't thought, you know, if I take on that horse and I go to the Kentucky Derby and I win, that would be great. That would be a bucket list I could check off. She's never, ever said that to us. I bet you she has. Well, I guess she just, did last year because she's already in their indictment or whatever. Not indictment. The board that she pissed off the people of the board. Yeah. Suspended her. Yep. Two years. Remember, she's killing horses. She's stolen over yeah. $3 billion. Yeah. It's yeah. Josh yeah. and Scott, we get locked up. Because I, I'll tell you, if you're, if you're a competitor, which I think she, she seems to be, an yeah. ultimate competitor. You say to yourself, I want to coach, train, be a jockey at the highest level possible. She goes to the auction and buys the horses. Yeah. With her client's money. Yes. She win the Genesis yeah. or whatever yeah. other clients she can get. Yeah. So this article, we'll finish with this, Horse Racing Nation, dated November 18th, 2020. Rice admits under oath she paid NYRA racing office staff. Well, she's a member of the board of it. Trainer Linda Rice admitted Tuesday to making payments to a board member of the Horse Racing Association and staff. But she testified they were loans. Doesn't matter. Money's money. Not rules violations that she's been accused of. But she admitted it. The case is closed. You can't loan money to people who can give you vital information. You can't give them money, right? Rice began sworn testimony before the New York State Gaming Commission. Commission, not criminal court. Like Scott and I would be if we did this. So she's saying that the payments were loans. Every month, she gave $200 cash to every person that worked in the office every single working day since 2014. I wish I worked there in the office. <laughs> gave 200 bucks extra cash. Why, why not report it? You're in the business, you're on the board. Why are you paying cash? Who does that, Scott? Who pays people cash? So the government doesn't know. Drug dealers, prostitution. Yep. Guilty people. Guilty people. Guilt, some, in some instances, guilty people. And she, she, she felt like she was guilty. So and, not enough evidence. She said under oath that she gave these people cash. Now, I told you the story, right? About the one client Different guy, they're kind of the same, but different guy. Mm -hmm. Where his friend wanted to borrow fifty thousand dollars and wanted me to do the paperwork because he wanted everything to be above board illegal. I'm not a lawyer; I can only do it for him. He's my client. He also wanted me to collect. And I'm like, hey, this is not your friend, <laughs> right? And immediately hanging up the phone, a friend of mine called and asked to borrow two hundred bucks. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the difference between me and him. 
people ask him for 50 grand. They asked me for a couple hundred bucks. I said, no, you can keep it. I'm just going to give you it. Pete Carroll can't change. Seahawks didn't cover. I'm going to just give you 200 bucks. They're based on that. But what did my client do? He wanted paid for work. So, right? This is a, why is a guy giving an injunction if you want to pay? Because she admitted under oath herself to about three crimes right there, right? Loan, she's not a bank. Why isn't there any paperwork for this? And she's on the board. Very inappropriate. Right? She's not a bank. She's not qualified to give loans. And why did she do it so consistently? Some people started in 2009. She's probably been doing it her whole career. They get caught in lies. They don't remember what they say in the interviews. That, that's the whole thing. Deep from Navarro, from not Gil. Gil, I think, was, was his interview was fine. From Navarro to Bob Baffert, to the, any interview Strange has done, to Linda Rice. They all lie on their interviews. They all indict themselves. And then when they get into the courtroom, they can't remember what they said in the interview, and then they tell a separate story. For every lie you tell, you need to make up 10 other lies to cover up for the first. Absolutely. Absolutely, you need to cover your tracks. And again, another life lesson. That's why her mother said, right? That when you lie once and you lie all the time, you can't remember or keep up with all the lies you tell. Absolutely. One for 10. Absolutely. No question. And for us, right? We want to get as close to the truth as possible. We want to get good at uncovering lies so we can make money on these races. Next week, we'll do the Belmont Stakes of all places here. And I think uh, next week, we'll do two. We'll do it real quick. Uh, we'll do, we'll start the podcast, maybe 10, 20 minutes. We'll talk about the California and the Massachusetts uh, Racing Board. So that's the peeve of mine in this election season. I believe that all racing boards, the New York Horse Racing Commission, the board she's on, need to be paid by the astronauts of the world, yep. by the Genovese families of the world. The Genovese's, hey, they've run a mafia family for 200 years, and they got people at the very top of this country. They're running the state board anyways. Why use money for the New York Racing Commission that's run by the Genovese family? Let the Genovese family police itself. Mafia has a better core uh, code in corporate America. Corporate America kills people with no code, with no discipline, with no structure, right? The Genovese yep. have discipline, structure, money-making. They're in the highest parts of government, a lifetime pardon for previous and future crimes. It's the pardon that Steve One got by Donald Trump. And do not pay for it. I would disband the new. I would disband every single racing commission board, the whole country. I agree. Let it be run by the owners of the horse racing industry. I agree, and and do not forget. All right.
So before I give my final thoughts, do not sure. forget there's always one member of every racing board that is on the take. Always. Always. It does not matter. At least one. There's usually more. Did we know Did we just, yes. Noah improved. Somebody took us to court. We should go in there with some papers and discuss the evidence we discussed. Contemporaneous, yeah. video, confessions in court in this case. <laughs> right. right. Um, this has been great. This has been absolutely great. I know we got one more one more piece to go with right. the Belmont picks next week, right. but this has been phenomenal. I mean, uh, this is fascinating. This is enjoyable. This helps your betting. Right. This helps you your bankroll. All this stuff, and it's it is easily connected all together, which is the great part of doing this because we could connect people and horses and air and tracks and commissions and everything. So I've had a blast doing this. I mean, it, it's a we great, great market. You learn about life. Life always, you always keep learning. It's teaching. Life yep. always keeps teaching. And you learn of your surroundings so you can survive longer and survive well. And, and as Josh has put together, the Hawthorne effect, Right. Every bet you make is a teaching tool for you. I mean, for draw. Absolutely. And the Hawthorne effect to your business, to everything. The Hawthorne effect is invaluable to myself, to Chad, to Josh, because it helps us as the year goes on. So, um, you know, I, I thank Josh. I thank you for allowing me to, to help you do this. This has been thank great. Thank you. Yeah, give me diversity, man. You need yeah. And right there in the middle of the podcast, I was saying stuff, and I'm like, did I read that right? And we're going nuts. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you, every time you ask if I want to do something, it takes me less than one second to say yes, because I just love it. I love doing as much as I can to learn. So. Oh, yeah, no, uh, that's great. great. And, and, uh, and hopefully great. people out there have gotten a lot on it and have has helped them in the first two races this year. Oh, no, and no, read that, that comment from last year. I'll read it on the next podcast. So. Yeah, and we got two more to go. We got the Belmont, we got the Breeders. So, right. um, you know, I'm, I can't wait. Right. I can't wait. And they say Zelensky is the new Winston Churchill. The original Winston Churchill said, you make a living, you get everything away for free. We're going to put the tip thing, I'm going to make it for today. You make a lot of money, and you can tip us. We'll give you where you can do it. Both Scott and I are going to share whatever comes in 50 50. We're doing a time period, who's ever on the podcast. We'll distribute it equally. We'll be communists. We'll be Bernie. Yeah. And, it, and any comments or questions you have, you know, hit Josh up, hit me up too. You know, I'm more than willing right, to take comments. time to answer. And uh, I'm willing to take time to help people sink their bets through. I'm willing to answer any questions that, that they have. So, you know, I'm always on Twitter, I'm always accessible. So, yeah, both on Twitter, Instagram, yep. Yep. Uh, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and now TikTok. You'll so, you'll find us here every week. Some doing something. So something. learning, so we can live to 150 years old. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So Winston Churchill said, "You make a living from your labor, but you make a life." from what you give. Thanks for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network.
sure I'll turn her off. That's why this one.